Hello and welcome to Founders Voice, a podcast by founders for founders, focusing on getting from zero to one and beyond. I'm John, your host. With us on the show today is Patrice Archer, co-founder and CEO at Appy Ventures, an accelerator comes startup studio that helps startups and corporates alike conceptualize, build, and launch their digital products. Patrice, welcome to the show. Hi, John. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, and uh, super excited to have you on the show today. Um, I'd love to start off by asking you, Patrice, about your own journey, particularly as I think you've lived through what a lot of would-be founders consider at some point in their life, which is a transition from a corporate world um, into entrepreneurship. So I'd love to know a little bit more about how that move happened for you. Sure thing. Yeah, it, uh, it was certainly a journey. Uh, so I guess my first career was investment banking and, and private equity, which was a great, great way of learning about business, great way of learning by scaling businesses at a slightly different level, if you will. But it was never a career I particularly wanted to do. I just fell into it and it paid well. Yeah, that, it, it was what it was. Then the financial uh, crash of 07, 08 happened and I started to find myself in a place where I wasn't really enjoying the job, but also I didn't have that much to do. So like uh, a lot of entrepreneurs out there, I, I read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, the legend that is Tim Ferriss. And it just got me thinking, actually, there's more to life than, than this. It is possible to create startups. Why not just try it? So on the side of my day job, I played around with initially launching a fashion brand, which was hilarious and yeah. It was a great experience. Then worked on a peer-to-peer lending project, e-commerce project, did a couple of Kickstarter projects, lots of learning by doing, and yeah, some more successful than others. <laughs> um, and then, uh, God, in 2012, so I did this for a few years as a side hustle, my wife and I had our first child, and it was one of those sort of uh, watershed moments where I thought, well, what's life all about? And it wasn't about finance by day, hustling in something I love by night. I just made the decision, I'm very lucky to have a very supportive wife because it wasn't an easy time at all, new child, quitting a well-paid career to do something I, I just felt I, I had to do. Um, so I flipped into the world of entrepreneurship, started by launching a bunch of random apps around diets mostly, interactive children's books, made a bit of money doing that. And then I realized what I truly loved was working with um, entrepreneurs to help them build their technology businesses. And that's what I really focused on. Um, so that's where Happy Ventures was born, effectively, working with entrepreneurs to build these businesses. So for the last uh, six six years or so, that's what I've been doing, and launching a few startups of this side myself as well. Uh, sold one last year in sort of the cleaning space. Yeah, thank you, COVID. That was that was good timing. And yeah, so I guess that's my journey. Uh, so it sounds like you've you know, had exposure to a real breadth of of, of different startup ideas and, and domains and. What has been the common thread for you in connecting all of all of the different projects? Is it are these just spaces that that you're interested in? Does it happen in a sort of a uh, an opportunistic way, or like is it by chance? What kind of drives uh, yeah the projects that you've worked on? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm gonna say none of this has been particularly planned. Uh, so if you look back, and that's when you go, oh yes, I did this, I did that. It sort of led to where I am. But the truth is, it was completely luck uh, and fate for a lot of the random projects and people I've met. Um, if I think about the projects I've been involved with, there has been no discernible trajectory. I mean, recently, there's been more things around uh, purpose-driven, so mental health or, or mental fitness. Uh, that's, that's been an increasing topics or, or charitable things, which I'm delighted to support and use my, my knowledge towards that. But a lot of the projects, what's been wonderful is learning from one industry and applying to another. 
So for example, we've done some stuff uh, around virtual tours in the odd gallery world that we learned initially from a completely different industry. And now we're looking to apply that in yet a completely other industry. And for me, that's, it's, that's the fun of what I do. It's always a different project, uh, always a different founder with a different passion for their own industry and project and applying the technology knowledge to those different use cases to, to make a great business at the end of the day. It does, it does sound to me like, if anything, that does give you an edge going into new projects because you have so many sort of uh, parallel insights and learnings from other spaces, which you'd be surprised where, where some of the dots can be connected and where learnings from one seemingly unconnected domain can be applied to another. Um, so this sounds like a good segue into speaking more about Appy Ventures. So what does Appy Ventures do um, and who should be interested in working with you guys? Good question. And really for us, uh, I can summarize what we do uh, to say we, we work with uh, entrepreneurs to build technology-led businesses. Uh, simple as that. What it tends to mean in practice is non-technical uh, founders and co-founders tend to want to have questions around, you know, how do I do this? I've got this great idea. I don't know how to move it forward. And that's when we tend to get involved. Uh, it can be all the way from idea stage. Let's get around the table. And this often happens uh, where they go, look, I'm really passionate about this. I've got this idea. I just don't know how to move it forward. And personally, I love these conversations because everything you're talking about, you know, how do you go from A to B kind of feels like everything I've learned over the years is about these conversations. And what I've realized I'm, I'm good at and as a team we're, we're great at is um, enabling entrepreneurs to understand what it can become as a technology-led business, not just a bit of tech, but how it translates into a successful business. And that's a lot more than just building a, a bit of tech. A tech is an enabler within a business. Uh, it's a user journey from A to B within an app, within a web app. But you got to really think a lot more broadly. And what I like to think about and get founders to think about from the first moment is how do you go from a journey where somebody's never heard of you to somebody's an ambassador for your brand? That's a true user journey. Tech is in the middle of it. It's an enabler throughout it, but it's a lot broader than, than just oh, create me a bit of technology. Like, lots of people can do that. We're about creating technology businesses. Yes, technology is what we do for, for the main part of the business, but it's about creating successful technology businesses. Uh, so to answer your question, uh, really, we, we work with everything from early stage entrepreneurs at an idea stage to get them from idea to probably a prototype to validate with users a concept and possibly get them ready for raising investment and then building the MVP, so the minimum viable product. I hate the term viable, it, it just sounds very weak. Minimum launch product, say. Yeah. And then once they've done that, that's the second type of entrepreneurs we work with who've already had some experience. Uh, they may have raised some money and they want to accelerate growth. And, and that's the second phase of what we love to get involved with is let's go and it, create scalable technology, iterate the technology that you have, take a real data-led A-B testing mentality to get to a point where your customer acquisition cost is less than lifetime value you have. You've got great technology that supports it and you can really scale. And where we tend to stop being involved is when a business gets to series A. So we had that um, just this year with a client, our biggest client, we've taken them from, uh, they had an MVP, took them from MVP to really scaling the tech. And now they raise substantial amounts of, uh, of, of equity funding. We've helped them hire their own team, uh, CTO, CPO, devs, and we step away. And, and I love that because you got to recognize the right stage that you're right for. And I realized that a series, they actually, it's best for the business to crack on for themselves. 
I might remain an advisor in some way, but uh, it's about the right people for the right stages. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I think, you know, probably many founders listening to this, I mean, that's exactly what they have in mind to, to launch something to begin with, try it out, get user feedback, but ultimately then to grow and, and to um, succeed in future rounds of funding. Drilling down into the early part of that process, Patrice, um, mm. uh, if, if there's someone who, who literally has, has kind of just come up with an idea, maybe they're a subject matter expert, they know, they know a thing or two about a particular space and, and they generate an idea, is it ever too early for them to approach you and to start like fleshing out this idea with you? Um, like, what are some of the earliest points at which some of your, your clients have begun to work with Appy Ventures? Uh, I'd say in many ways, it's not too early, um, even if you're just at an idea stage. What, what I don't want to do is um, spend lots of time kicking tires around with, with uh, it's going to sound negative, but with, with people who have, don't really passionate about an idea, it's just, ah, I just have their thought. I like people who either have an in in their industry or are genuinely driven and passionate about this idea. This kind of idea that it's kept them up at night, uh, not just one night, but a few nights. They really thought about it. They've jotted down thoughts. Uh, we don't need people to spend ages researching you know, how to do the, the idea, etc., how to create it technologically. It's more about really believing that there's something important there that they should be focusing on. and. Our role as the, I guess, the technology experts, but also the, the experts for early stage businesses is to draw out with them the relevant information, the relevant ways of doing things, the relevant questions we should be asking ourselves to get to a point where we create a great, a great product. So never too early. I'm just very keen to work with people who are really motivated to, to make these ideas happen. Yeah, it sounds like that's the, um, yeah, that's a far more productive formula uh, to to approach working together. Um, continuing on from that line of thought, it does sound, and just hearing you kind of walk through the rationale there, that kind of reminds me of a of one of the earliest career experiences I had where um, I was a pharmacist and, and people were always sort of, I guess, uh, customers and patients visiting my pharmacy were always of the mind that they would walk in and say, I have X pain or Y ailment and I would recommend something or, they would ask for paracetamol and I would just sell it to them. But actually the role that I felt I was playing was more, um, how, do I, how do I really serve this, this patient, this user in the best way and what's in their best interests? Um, and there's, there's one experience I had where um, a patient came in, they were clearly drunk, um, and I refused the sale of a box of 16 paracetamol tablets to them. Because in that moment, in that instance, I didn't feel like they, they, they would use the paracetamols responsibly. They might cause themselves uh, some harm there. So it sounds like, and not, you know, maybe this is a bit of a weird analogy, but it sounds like um, in, in a way you would draw on some of your experience to also know if, you know, a first time founder needs to maybe hash things out a little bit more or is, is going down a path that may not really be in their own uh, best self-interests. Definitely. Yeah. And I love the analogy. Um, <laughs> I might use that as well. Um, uh, steering you away from making a mistake uh, is something that I think about a lot with people. And I think there's two sides to that. One is um, before you, you, you go too far down the line, it's about validating the idea with, with, with real potential users. And people talk about that chicken and egg situation, which is, hey, but I need to launch my technology for me to get real life uh, feedback. And my, my feedback on that every time is no, uh, you can create a, a very simple type form uh, questionnaire 
and go speak to a number of people, which I mean, just speaking to people for some uh, potential founders is, is mind blowing, but that's where it starts. Go and talk to your potential users, understand the pain points that they have and whether your solution might actually help with that. And a lot of the time, people are very keen to get going and I, I must be the world's worst salesman, but I'm very keen to stop them from going. I push them all the way back to let's begin with the beginning, which is understand if this is generally solving a problem, a pain point, or you just you know, creating a bit of tech that is going to look for an audience after, look for a problem to solve after. So for me, really, it's it's about at the start focusing people down to uh, finding that problem, understanding what the users really want, creating a, a staged approach, the punchline of which is a graphic design prototype because that's not coded, that's a lot cheaper to do. And then you can go and user test it with people. But also it gives you a visual aid. So there's a big difference between, listen, my idea is that to look, this is what we're talking about. And you can go through it and you can play around with it. So you get some real insightful feedback about yes or no, would that, would that work? And married up with good uh, user research, which we, we help with as well. It just makes sense. Yeah, you, you shortcut that learning. So if you're truly passionate about something and you think it's worth testing, get to that point and really find out. Don't stop building until you've done that that side. And even when it gets to the building side, uh, side of things, again, uh, my, my role isn't selling. I, I don't like selling. I like helping people build businesses. Uh, it might be that creating the full-on solution is not the right approach. It might be that for now, we just need to create a, a lean approach. It could be a no-code or lean code. It could be just creating a WordPress site, which we've done recently for a couple of startups that just didn't have the funding to launch their MVP. Actually, why, why would you need that? Once you get some initial traction with a super basic solution that looks great, solves a, a portion of the solution that uh, the, the users want and takes you to the next stage. Because the truth is, if you want to raise investment, it can be very expensive if you do it too early in your journey uh, in terms of getting traction and, and proof of the concept. Well, that sounds like an incredibly pragmatic approach um, and and one that, given what I know about you and Appy Ventures, doesn't surprise me at all because it's just, uh, it's pragmatic, it's incremental step by step and kind of uh, has these necessary stop gaps in place that help kind of influence the, the you know, the future flow and direction of things. Um, I'm curious to ask you, Patrice. Obviously, Appy Ventures is a is a business and a, and a relatively young business uh, as well. And as a founder of, of the business, you obviously have um, goals and uh, where you'd love to take Appy Ventures. What what do the next five to ten years look like for the business? What what would you like to achieve? It's it's a great question. And having had a a, a board meeting last week, uh, which sounds very official, um, but it's good to have structure and, and proper ways of doing things. We were talking about you know, how far we've come as a business, how, how clear we are now about what we do, which is very important, um, but also where we'd like to go. And, and to be honest, my aim isn't to grow a big agency, a factory um, of building technology. I, I don't want to do that. What, what I want to do is get to a point where we can help as many founders as possible in the best ways possible. But we also want to be selective. We want to be able to work with the people we can add the most value to. And uh, to me, that's very important. So I, I don't have any aspirations to grow a huge business because that would be against what I want to do. But that doesn't mean that the people I work with, I don't want them to grow huge businesses. It's very different. Even though I hate the term, I'm effectively uh, acting a lot of the time like an agency. You know, we call ourselves tech partner because that's a mentality we have. 
but I don't have aspirations to grow a large agency. What I'd rather do is get more deeply involved with a number of businesses. So currently there's, there's probably six we're closely involved with, we're really leading, we're really helping them grow. To me, 10 would be the maximum I want to be involved with because then you can add genuine value. And the way we like to do things is partners, it's longer term. You know, it's not a, a three months engagement. It can be, but it can also be more like two years journey to get them, as I said, from that idea towards Series A where they're recruiting their own team. So, yeah, that, I guess that's where that's where we see ourselves going. Yeah, I love and respect that. Um, it, it's funny because speaking to a lot of like younger first time founders that I guess the default answer there usually has um, themes of you know, just kind of great ambition sort of, uh, you know, we're going to really change the world. And when I speak to more seasoned founders and more experienced founders, there's there's things that I guess, um, like I, I've, I've recently read the almanac of Naval Ravikant, who's the founder of AngelList, and he's kind of come full circle, as it sounds like you have, which is to arrive at a point of really understanding what makes you happy and what your aspirations really should be. And it's more than okay for those aspirations not to be, we're going to be a, the next Decacorn and, uh, you know, we're going to be in, uh, available in 200 countries <laughs> by the end of uh, 2030. Um, so, so it sounds like you uh, have a very clear direction of where you want to go. And of course, today actually marks an important milestone in the future of Appy Ventures in that today is the, the day that we record the first episode of this show, uh, Founder's Voice. So um, I suppose the last question before we, we launch into the, the surprise quickfire questions that I've only just ambushed you with 30 minutes ago um, is, to, is to ask you, why, why is Founder's Voice um, important and um, where, does it, where does it kind of fit in for you within the Appy Ventures ecosystem? Uh, for me, it's important as I think it's, it's critical for early stage entrepreneurs to talk uh, really openly about what the journey is like, to talk about some of the learnings that they've had, but also some of the challenges that they had, to, to pull back the curtain on, on what it's like to, to run a business and run it better. I, I'm a big fan of, of uh, masterminds. So obviously this is different to a mastermind, but a lot of the key importance of masterminds is having a set of people that you like and you trust, who you talk to regularly or hear from regularly, and they just explain what it's really like for them on a day-to-day, -day, the ups, the downs. And to me, that's why I wanted uh, Founders Voice, and I think it's really important for entrepreneurs to hear about the real reality of it, which they can learn from, draw from, and helps them succeed. Now, of course, I, I am biased, but I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And we are very excited to rec uh, record f further episodes and to, and to host other great founders on the show. Um, now, as we approach the, the wrap-up of our episode, Patrice, I'd like to start by thanking you for, for just generally accommodating the slapdash last-minute, very sort of scrappy founder uh, approach that we've adopted today, which is to completely bamboozle you with the quick-fire questions, um, literally just moments before this recording kicked off. Our goal with these is to kind of have uh, a uniformity to how we end episodes and to ask founders the following three questions. Uh, the first one is, if you could be the founder of any technology company in the world today, which would it be and why? And this could be a real company or a hypothetical one. Having not thought about this too long, <laughs> as you said, um, I mean, there's one, uh, I, I admire lots of, of companies, yeah, like Richard Branson, all, all the things he's created are fantastic. But I think for me, it's got to be a more modern one, and that's why it's uh, Tesla. Um, it, it, 
in as far as it's a complete game changer. It's been a real sort of zero to one sort of mentality he's always had with all the different businesses he's been involved in, which has been game changing. And as far as he has made the electrical industry happen, uh, it, it is him driving that. Yes, I think he, he bought into the business. Uh, I don't think he found it himself, but he drove it forward. And we are where we are now because of him. And uh, I admire this, uh, the zero to one nature of that. Complete game changer. That's a great choice. Now for the second quick fire question, if you could give your first time founder self any piece of advice, what would it be? I think I'd go for that kind of A-B testing mentality. I think I'd go for that mentality of uh, being quite purposeful about what you do, setting a direction, setting an aim, almost a hypothesis. If I do this like that, this will happen. And then analyzing the data that comes back and going, oh, okay, what have I learned? Uh, that sounds maybe a bit, a bit silly or weird, but a lot of the times when we do things, we get a result and very seldomly do we sit back and go, oh, why did that happen? And if we have that within a business all the way through uh, as the culture, frankly, we're gonna, we're gonna learn so much, experiment, grow. Uh, it can be all the way down to how we manage culture internally, how we communicate, how we store information, to how we approach customers, you know, the, the whole funnel thing. So I think A-B test everything and learn. Great, and last one. Tell us about a lesson that you learned recently. So I, I am an advisor for a number of, of startups, not exactly for a couple as well, and uh, deeply involved in their, in their journeys. And um, yeah, for, for one startup, uh, which may be on this show at some point, they've had a heck of a journey in terms of getting investment. Yeah, initially finding product market fit and then getting investment, which they achieved. The journey uh, has been long, uh, but completely worthwhile. I think we always believed in, in sort of the North Star that they had. Uh, but the lesson I learned is that investment is not done until the money's in the bank account. And that, again, might sound basic, but it's so true. You may have promises, you may have experiences, Jim. Um, but until the money's in the bank account, so many things can happen. So many games can happen. And you've got to keep your eye on the prize and just don't start spending it before you've got it. Just, just keep going. And then when the money does hit, that's when you've received your investment, not before. Indeed, a very painful lesson to learn the hard way and, and one which uh, I myself did also learn the hard way. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great example to share. Um, Patrice, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Um, thanks for making the time. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you um, and or Appy Ventures? Yes, the best way if you go to our website, www.appyventures.com, so appyventures.com. Uh, there's a contact form there. There's lots of information about what we do, how we work, prices, because I, I don't believe in hiding things. Uh, yeah, that's probably the best way to learn about us. Brilliant. Well, there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Founder's Voice. We hope to catch you next time. Take care. <laughs>